welcome back to Credit Offset. It has been a whole other year and I am here to give a end of year 2019 list. Because even though I can argue and say, hey, lists aren't cool and stuff, like everyone's been doing, I still want to try and gather clicks and likes and people to comment and interact. Because that's what it's all about. So let's just get straight into it, and then we'll do some other things, some other admin at the end. Uh, so, 25? No, wait, first. What did I miss? I know, keeping you tense. These are the films I missed that I thought, hey, I probably would have liked if I had seen. I missed, unfortunately, High Flying Bird, Atlantics, Dear X, The Two Popes, Shooting the Mafia... Miss Barlow, yes, I kind of am into Catherine Hardwick films. The Nightingale, Varda by Agnes, and La Belle Epoque. I think some of these would have definitely gotten up onto this list past some other films. But hey, c'est la vie. Is that life? I don't know. 25. 25 is a weird one. I was circling between a few different films. Uh, the three films vying for this coveted position on this list was Klaus, I Lost My Body, and Thunder Road. And in the end, I've gone for Thunder Road. And why, you might ask, over those two other spectacularly animated films? Is it because I really want to support independent cinema and independent distribution over the big Netflix conglomerate? No, it's just, it just felt like Thunder Road in the moment. There was no no real logical thinking behind it. Next up, 24, is No Box For Me, An Intersex Story. Uh, this film was one of the ones showing at BFI Flair this year. It was a documentary about people who are intersex and their activism. I really recommend checking it out. All the people have agency. It's very informative. So very good. 23. It's the big one. It's Avengers Endgame. Martin Scorsese's top film of the year. Ooh, discourse. Boo, 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 boo. Uh, Like, I don't care about the Marvel films, but it's an ending. And after watching all those Marvel films, it felt satisfactory for me. And I can go, yes, I can feel satisfied in not watching any more of these. So I'm very grateful to it for that. 22. The Farewell by Lulu Wang. It's Aquafina. She's a great actress. We all knew that. 21. Late Night. It was fun. 20. Dolomite is my name. It was funner. 19. If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, Barry Jenkins, follow-up to Moonlight. Romance. Shop. Probably some of the best in film. 18, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. It was fun. It had a good gay sex scene. What more could you ask for? Great music. It had it. 17, Us. Yeah, it was good fun. I really found the ending really, really funny. I think something in this list is that I don't think a lot of people were laughing enough at films this year. Not at them, but with them in their intentionality and their jokes. I think the ending of Us is really funny and 
And Lupita Nyong'o is really great actress. 16, Guava Island. Is the film that good? No. Is the cinematography the best of this year? Perhaps. Yeah, I, that's why it's on this list, because it looked so goddamn good. 15, Bait. Uh, cinematography, again, looked really nice, and it's got that Cornish thing and made by a former film lecturer. Good. Good going. Everyone's talking about it. It's that film. It's the trendy British film this year. It's good. 14, Transit. Yeah. 13, Booksmart. Hey, yeah, it was fun. I didn't like the stop-motion animation scene, and I didn't like... But it cut, went to music to when they were arguing, but hearing Olivia Wilde talk about those two scenes made me really appreciate those scenes, and I still overall quite enjoyed the film. 12, Pain and Glory. When they don't kiss, I cried so, so much. And Amadova, great, great work by you. 11, Knife and Heart. Uh, yeah, it was like a Jallo film, kind of, with set in a gay porn industry. It was quite a lot of fun. Worth a watch. Now we're in the big time. Now we're in the big league, sir. Now, now we're getting to the 10. The 10 films that I thought were the best in 2019. And let me just, uh, before we get any further... I should say my rules for making these kinds of lists is that for me it is if it's a film that got released last year in a different region as long as it, I saw it in kind of the UK release in 2019 I count that or if I if it's coming out next year for the UK release but I saw it in a cinema then I count that as a 2019 watch for me. So, for example, if Madeline's Madeline, I watched this year instead of last year at the film festival, that would have probably been one of the top films, definitely in the top five. But I watched it last year and it was in the top ten. Sorry, Madeline's Madeline. Now, 2019 is what we're dealing with. We dealt with it. No, we didn't. It, we really messed it up, guys, this year. But let, let, anyway, films. Films, films, films. Ten. In the Claws of a Century Wanting. It's a Filipino documentary. So, uh, the Filipino, run by a good friend, and at uh, Deptford Cinema, the volunteer run community cinema in Deptford. Um, and it was just a really wonderful rhythm to the film. And it's great editing and its storytelling and how it cut between different strands of the documentary it's one of those films where very subtly it's doing what a lot of people praise certain documentaries for but within a kind of slow cinema rhythm and really spectacular nine little women by greta gerwig i don't mind that those women were little because the film is so so warm it's like sitting next to a fireplace and just snuggling up and sure, there's like big emotional beats, but it just overall is so, so cozy. And uh, mm, I will return to it probably on a sick day and go, hmm. And on the opposite end, not so cozy. Number eight is John Wick Free Parabellum. 
oh yeah, he used a horse as a weapon. It's pretty... That's the horse. Kicking a guy. Number seven. Sorry we missed you. I did not like I, Daniel Blake. I could see that it was an important film, but I didn't think it was a good film. Sorry we missed you, though. It's a good film and an important film. And I think its form much more accurately was much more appropriate in how it expresses the theme than I, Daniel Blake did. The form feeds the theme. And I've been thinking, it was like much lower on the list, but I've just been thinking about it all the time. Hey, our country's messed up. Anyway, six, searching ever. Like, searching ever is just one of the best documentaries I saw this year. I would say that it's probably the best demonstration of an existential crisis that as a generation of millennials we face. I think it really shows the nuances in and the worries that we have in the society that we have to live in. It's really wonderful and the subject is a... just... the camera loves them. Now we're in to top five. More discourse. Marriage story is number five. Hey. I think the acting's really good. If you invest in the film, it's great. I've heard some takes about it being uh, misogynistic. I can see that. I can see those takes, yes. But the film very much affected me. I felt very sad afterwards and felt, oh, I couldn't speak for a while. I would say my big issue with the film is, although Randy Newman's score is good, I, it just made me think of Toy Story all the time. Making me think that this film was a prequel to the Toy Story films. And this is how Andy's parents got divorced. Number four, The Irishman. The Irishman, I think, is perhaps my favourite Scorsese film I've seen. And I think it's... Once again, it's one of those films that I was saying earlier that I don't think people found it funny enough. If you've seen the film, the fish scene, the watermelon scene in the sauna uh, is so funny. And the ending recalls to me kind of absurdist storytelling and absurdist humor of like Ionesco and um, Beckett. I think it's really a film about the big things of life. I think it's worth investing those three hours and 20 minutes in. I think watching it in a one whole is good because I think the length, again, serves the, serves the theme of the film. Now we're into number three. These next three are the controversial ones I was kind of talking about in terms of, hey, release and stuff. So what are they? Number three is Parasite. That film that's going to be in the top of many people's list next year is on my list this year. Why is it so good? Because it's so 
well edited and so well constructed. It's muscular filmmaking. It's just perfect. Just like, mm. you can't really find any fault to it. It's really fun. I can't wait to show friends when it comes out on a general release. Number two, Hanagatami. Hanagatami by the same director who did Haosu is about a schoolboy in Japanese wartime. It's really, really weird formally, just like Haosu was, but completely emotionally devastating and is clearly the director's most personal film. And I think those stories about people living through wartime kind of maybe, or maybe not on the like correct side of a certain war are so important. Like this and Barefoot Gen, the manga, and seeing what people have to deal with and the ideologies that they fought during the time. And it's really something spectacular. Watch a trailer for it. You see how weird it looks and the style that's been chosen and the artificiality of it all and how that serves. I like the word serves. I think films should, in their form, serve stuff. Hey, I'm a regular Sergei Eisenstein. I think, I think, you know, the montage should, you know, you construct images and they, they convey femic overall intentions. Hey, hey. Uh, but if you want to hear more thoughts in a much more detailed way on Hanagatami by me, go check out the Heard You Saw episode that I'm on talking about Hanagatami. And then, what is number one? What is number one? Are you going to agree with my number one? No, because you didn't see this film, because it's The Deserted by Simon Liang, the Taiwanese filmmaker. Why didn't you see The, the Deserted? Because it was on VR. It was a VR film, and I think there was a cinema release cut, and I haven't seen that version. And I'm not sure if I really want to, even though I'm curious. But I saw The Deserted on a VR headset, as it's intended to be. And it really felt like I was watching the future of cinema. Just like my last film of last year, the top film my last year. You know what I'm trying to say, Marta. I just sometimes you see films, and you're like, "Oh, this is this has to be the future because of how how it makes you feel and how it uses form in such a revolutionary way." The VR experience is perfect for his style because of the kind of empty space he uses, and you can see that he still knows exactly where to block everything in terms of its construction in terms of when it cuts i think there's like i did count them at the time but there's only like 12 shots in the entire film and it gives you the chance to explore it shows you kind of where your eyes lead you it kind of you explore the space at the right rhythm with your own head you're not like crazily looking around you're just kind of slowly panning yourself and although his shots are quite still in a kind of flat rectangular frame, 
they're just as still in a VR headset when you're moving around. So that's top 25. We did it. We got through it in the end. What else do I want to talk about? Uh, top films of the decade? No, I didn't. I didn't want to do that because that would require thinking. Uh, but I did make a list on Letterboxd. They were asking for films that were overlooked of the decade, and they had to be under fifteen thousand views. I think on the Letterboxd site, I chose ones that were under one thousand views, and these are films I've talked about before. So, on that list, number 10, A Deal with the Universe. Number 9, In the Century of Wanting, the one I just talked about. Uh, number 8, Shapeshifters. I think that was on last year's list. Searching Ever. Number 7, just talked about it. Number 6, Wild Nights with Emily, also on last year's list. Uh, number 5, The Night by Zhou uh, Hao. Chinese film by Chinese college students. Again, future, future, future. Hanagatami is number fourth. Just talked about it. The Other Side of Sleep by Rebecca Daly. That film is the best film demonstrating insomnia. And number two, The Deserted. We just talked about that. And number one, Martyr, which was on last year's list, which I would like to just say that I was speaking to the director of that film and he said that there were going to be screenings at the Barbican 2020. So keep an eye on that, because that really is a film you must check out. It's it's on the best of my decade. What else do I want to say? Am I going to be doing more Credit Officer? Probably not. I'm just still doing these kind of once-a-year roundups of lists. Maybe I'll get back into it, but probably not. Um, if you do want to hear me talk about films still, I am on a podcast called Heard You Saw. As a group, we kind of watch films, have a good time. It's a good laugh. Sometimes I say insightful things. Normally, just as I would on this thing, I normally pick a kind of certain phenomenological thing that I attach to and I would have, I'll express it and heard you saw. And then also talk about the film in general. And you hear other people's opinions, a diverse range of opinions. I am hoping to do more film analysis type stuff in this new year. We'll see how that goes. So not through Credit Offset, but if you're interested in me doing that, you can follow me on certain social media platforms. Calls to actions. This is Shay Collins, yes, C-H-A-Y Collins, yes. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow me. I'll update on anything I'm doing creatively. But like I said, I'm hoping to do more film analysis stuff. So 2020. Am I excited for any films? Like, I didn't plan this section, so I haven't actually thought of one. I did watch Jojo Rabbit on the first day. Great. Fantastic. I think it's going to be on the next top 25 of the year in 2020. But we've got a whole 360-odd days to go. So can Jojo remain in the top spot? It's gonna. I think it's gonna get stay in the top ten. I think at least. Anyway, I hope twenty twenty goes better than it twenty nineteen did. Even if you had a good year or a bad year, in a macro sense, the year was. Ugh. So let's. Twenty twenty is not going great at the moment. Things can turn around. Do the good fight. You know. Live. 
dance. That's what Jojo Rabbit says. Dance. Thanks for listening. <laughs>